0: everybody, welcome back to another episode uh, of the Crypto 101 podcast. You guys know what time it is. We're bringing on more legendary builders in the crypto space. Uh, Pete's of mine, I'm particularly excited for this one, and I think anybody at home who's listening will be too, If particularly if they're interested in learning about NFTs. Um, what would you say, Pete? I would
1: say there's going to be a magical episode. <laughs>
0: Why do you say it'd be so
1: magical? Because we have co-founder Joshin from Magic Eden on the show today.
0: Bam. Yes, let's do it. Zed, uh, aka Zed, uh, from Magic Eden. How's it going, man?
2: Yo, what's, what's up, guys? Thanks so much for the tea up. No one's ever done a magical episode before, so that's that's dope.
0: <laughs> yes, we. <laughs> Pizza Mind's legendary for his puns. But no, we're excited, man. You, you guys have been building incredible, really cross-chain NFT tooling and a, an awesome platform for a year, two years. We want to know the whole founding story. We want you to just kind of tell all. Um, but before we do that, let's, let's just get acquainted with you and you know who, you, who are you and what were you doing really before founding Magic Eden?
3: Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock. That's e u f y video lock or visit ufyofficial dot com slash video lock again. That's e u f y video lock, ufy video lock. Get complete control over your front door.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, excited to be on here. So thanks for th- thanks for having me. Um, I first got into crypto in about twenty seventeen. My background before that was a little bit all over the place. I tell people that. Um, I did actually spend about a year of my life in my pre-crypto days doing, doing mining. And people think they automatically assume that that's kind of some kind of Bitcoin mining or, or Ethereum mining or something. But I was actually working in underground mines. Kind of <laughs> um, literally was in like, yeah, a uranium mine for like a year. Wow. Um, yeah. And that's how you so, got your
1: superpowers. Not gonna make sense. Now.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's uh, you you could call it that. Um, but this was back in another lifetime. I was I was I'm from Australia, hence, you know, it kind of makes sense that I was working in, in mining at the time. I was in a in a consulting firm that put me there. And then I moved to the US in about twenty fifteen. Um, yeah, generally just been a very yeah, inquisitive dude. Like I just enjoy getting into new technologies. And um around that time when I moved to San Francisco, there's you know, there's no there's no shortage of interesting things going on. But one of those things uh, was lucky enough to kind of come across crypto. had a few friends who were working at Coinbase at, at sort of 2015, 2016 era and um, was lucky enough to kind of learn a bit about Bitcoin. And then in 2017, all this stuff started happening on Ethereum. And in many ways, it's kind of funny, like the 2017 ICO boom was very analogous to what happened with NFTs in 21. And um, that's when I first got interested. I ended up joining a team, uh, DYDX as the second employee in 2017. 20- late 2017, early 18. Right. So shout out to those guys. Yeah. Who are in the cap. Um,
0: Antonio was on the show recently.
2: Oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Solid, solid guy. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I spent a few years there, learned an absolute ton about what it takes to build in crypto. I mean, we went through, obviously, the cycles, went through various rounds of product iteration. You know, he's famously known for kind of like throwing away the previous thing and making 10x bets. And mm-hmm. I really, really, really admire that. Um, I spent a little bit of time at Coinbase after building institutional products, which is really interesting as well during that was during the time when hedge funds and corporates macro was, was really full into Bitcoin. And then I left in, yeah, sort of like mid 21. Um, and we started magic Eden in September of 21. And the whole kind of founding story is that, I mean, we were all, you know, degening on the side doing our own <laughs> little thing, right? We were trading NFTs you know, obviously part of DeFi summer before that. And we started using a bunch of different things on all the chains. Like I remember I had Avalanche wallets, I had Polygon wallets, I had Solana wallets. We were just kind of using all kinds of things. And there was something magical when we first used, um, uh, or first first, like set a Solana transaction because it was so fast and it was so cheap. And we thought that immediately, if NFTs are sort of the consumer use case, there must be something that happens on a chain that is, is much uh, much more performant. And that was the original thesis. And um, obviously, that played out really well for us in terms of just like getting us the amazing initial traction that we had when we first started the company. And we felt really confident about us as a team because i met myself and I have three co-founders uh, alongside me. The background of the team is very much like, crypto there's a lot of crypto native experience like sid started a bitcoin company in 2012 2013 uh jack and i were both both working in crypto before starting magic eden and then a few of the two of the guys actually were very very early engineers uh at uber eats so we spent a lot of time building consumer marketplaces and um that was the beginning we uh we we fired it up and and uh it, it went from there
0: wow i love it and uh I mean, I think our viewers at home ha- have a lot of questions, but maybe the first one that was on our mind uh, was, what were you doing by uranium mines? <laughs> what, what was the, <laughs> what was going on there? I have to know. I'm so curious.
2: You're not going to believe this because it, it's like so weird and ridiculous. But I was like fresh out of college. I joined this consulting firm. And you think like it's going to be sexy. You're going to go like... Yeah, suit and tie. Like sexy,
0: you're in New York, Wall Street offices.
2: Exactly. Corporate strategy, whatever it is. Next thing I know, they shipped me out to the mines and my job was <laughs> to help help uh reduce like the cost of digging up the dirt. <laughs> so I like literally was Great. riding along in the trucks, you know, measuring how long it would take to do things. Uh, wow. it was a crazy experience. Yeah, it was crazy that's what you experience. went to
1: college for,
2: yeah. Dude studied, you know, economics, and to end up in uranium mine. That's uh, that's <laughs> oh, the move, yeah. you know.
1: <laughs> well, you ended up on Solana, which is a pretty rare thing itself. What was it? Uh, well, let's just address the elephant in the room. Solana's taken a beating, yeah, uh, in so many different ways over the past couple of years. Do you still believe in Solana or is Magic Eden going to branch out to other things for the sake of survival, not just reach?
2: What Give us a State yeah, of the yeah. Union
1: address for Solana confidence from a developer's perspective.
2: State of the Union. State um, of the Union, here we go. <laughs> no, no, it, I would actually, I would very much, um, yeah, the, the universal, I think, common narrative, very easy narrative right now is to diss on Solana. And by no means am, am I like, dogmatic about certain things. You know, I, like when I was DYDX, yeah, was same. I actually, it's the same thing. ETH went down to 70 bucks in 2018, 19. Everyone said ETH was dead at the time too. And there was a certain tribalism that remained there that really was the foundation of greater things to come. I think the same thing uh, will likely be true for Solana. Um, it is absolutely still true in parallel that it's taken a beating, right, in the last six months or so. But that tribal developer community is absolutely still there and uh, we, we we know it we hear it they're very vocal uh, we experience it every day um but i would say all of the cross-chain stuff we're doing is not you know a, a survival mechanism so to speak right because you know we as a company were very lucky we're well capitalized a lot of the things that i think you should do in crypto and i, I sort of referenced this before with kind of antonio's mindset at dydx you should make big bets. That's what we're here for, right? Make big bets, innovate on 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 the, on top of the people who came before you. And if that means you know, for us, a lot of what guides us is where do we think the market and uh, for NFTs, but also all of these use cases that drive NFTs, where is that going to be uh, three years, five years, and 10 years from now? Let's build for that. Because mm-hmm. I think taking too much of a lens into the what the cycle is right now, what the mindset is right now, it it can be very, very distracting. Um, So yeah, TLDR, State of the Union Address Mm -hmm. is, uh, it's true. I think Solana's taken a beating, but uh, a lot of the reason that people went there in the first place, all that stuff is still true. And if you look at what is the most robust ecosystem outside of EVM, it is definitely Solana. So if someone is going to make a bet on on, on something outside of EVM, I think that still is the be- best bet. For us as a cross-chain marketplace, which has been a stated vision of ours for a long time, um, it will be obviously a, a focus of ours. There will be many other focuses too. And we can get into it, but yeah, Ordinal's, EVM, there's so much interesting stuff going on. But we we also have long-term conviction on, on the soul space too.
0: Yeah, like if, if we actually zoom out to to like what's behind that conviction in the long-term kind of, of this space like what is nfts like you know explaining to folks like my dad right who are like yeah like i don't i don't get nfts um kind of the average guy who's not in the market how do you guys kind of explain the value prop of nfts broadly
2: yeah there's many here so many ways to explain this but i think at at its core the thing that really resonates with a lot of people is that ultimately it's collectability but in a much much more supercharged kind of way uh i mean we like to talk about internally we kind of reference this uh at least magic eden in in the sense of supporting um yeah supercharging kind of what digital commerce uh can look like right and i think NFTs are at the heart of that because if you look at many many kinds of collecting that happens even traditionally uh whether it's you know baseball cards or whether it's like luxury watches, there's this fundamental need to either collect something because that's just what people like to do, or it's, it's collecting for the, for the focus of being able to say that I own this luxury thing, or I own this rare thing. It's like a flex mechanism, right? And at its core, that's what entities enable, but they also enable so much more than that because it is you know on chain. And the on-chain part for sure is the part that really gets people tied up when you try and explain it to a a non-crypto native person. But like to us, a lot of that is is super, super helpful because it bakes in all these concepts of like true ownership. And in so many traditional, I guess, methods of transacting or 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 even owning things, you don't really get that. You don't get like the true sense of like property rights, imagine all of that, but it's just fully, fully digitized and fully, fully proven. Mm -hmm. We think that is a really, really amazing um, innovation. And we haven't scratched the surface in terms of what things that can be applied to yet. It seems a bit silly that it's applied to like PFPs today, Um, but these things take time. So um, we'll be hopefully at the center of the evolution here.
0: Yeah. So tell us what what Magic Eden typically sees um, trade on its platform. Like, what what are the quality of NFTs? Like, what kind of stuff trades? And like you said, like you know, it, as the space evolves, maybe how do you foresee Magic Eden um, changing over over the course of time? Like, what kind of assets it trades? Yeah.
4: Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app.
2: Um there's sort of the what categories of NFTs get traded, and then there's also value, like what kind of value we typically see. Um uh, I'll answer the value one first because I think that um is something that may not be super well understood as we're we're I think we're the only platform that's on Bitcoin, you know, EVM and Solana, right? Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of it actually goes back to like yeah, how how Valuable as the block space, and uh, on Bitcoin we see extremely high value um, NFTs. We've we've seen everything from, you know, Bugatti put out <laughs> some NFTs, like wow. some rare golden eggs, which cost I think upwards of twenty five thousand dollars. We've seen, and then those could trade on your platform as well. Yeah, yeah, those are on wow. Magic Eden. Yeah, um, and then all the way down to yeah, like profile pictures, you know like cartoon images drawings you name it right we're now seeing a lot of generative art that's that trades on uh bitcoin as well and that's been um all that stuff sort of trends towards higher value because yeah fees are expensive block space is expensive on bitcoin and then on the other spectrum polygon solana sort of more towards the the lower value end, And, and it isn't by the way that that's like a over generalization but i think just for simplicity i'm drawing that that um,
0: maybe lower cost or
2: yeah analog yeah um but the what we see there is um yeah it is for like higher um like larger collections you know like on solana right now it is the cheapest place if you want to launch something with you know a hundred thousand three hundred thousand items you could do it at very 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 low cost and that's being used by a bunch of different creators, it's being used by creators who want to say test test the waters a little bit. They want to test the de- like validate the demand, right? Validate if NFTs are a good marketing channel for them. And we think that's cool because it's a it's like a low risk way of trying out a bunch of things in NFTs. And and we need that, frankly, right? right. Um, so that's the kind of stuff that we see. We also tend to see more gaming items, like Polygon, Solana, both tend to have more like gaming items, whether it's like. Games you would use, uh, items you would use within a game, or, or it's like characters you would use within a game, uh, or it's some kind of experimentation around uh, giving away free items to acquire more users to try the game. So okay. that kind of stuff is more so happening on the polygons and the solanas of the world. Um, then from a uh, that's like the value side, the category side. Um, yeah, I would say Bitcoin tends to have more of the art space that generative art, they have kind of like brands and things trying out um, various ways to engage their fan base. I'd say ETH also has that, but ETH also has a lot of PFPs. And then um, on the Solana Polygon side, I think gaming is the the sort of newer use case that's come on. Uh, it's obviously still very early in that market. And yeah, uh, we're pretty excited to see a few more things develop over the next few years. Um, one is like bringing real in real life, like real life items, like on chain, uh, so that they get the instant liquidity that comes with NFTs. We're interested in music. We're interested in tickets. We're interested in um, yeah, all kinds of different collecting mechanisms. So hopefully that stuff comes in the next yeah little while. But today, that's sort of how I categorize it across categories and, and value.
1: That sounds like an amazing evolution. And while you were talking, I was reminded of something I read the other day, just about how many people are just pursuing their dream jobs and there's not enough people that are just doing the quote unquote grunt work or the physical labor. But there's going to be so many jobs in the very near future that are completely disintermediated by AI, robotics, all kinds of things. And we should be free as human beings to pursue our passions and our dreams. And I think as we move into a world where web three is the norm rather than the, the edge and the fringe where it's at right now, you're going to look at an entirely different world that is based on a creator's economy where you've got so much competition with other people rather than gigantic corporations. And you're free to really show your own artistic merits. And I think, you know, what we were talking about Antonio's perspective of how to 10 X magic Eden. I see magic Eden is potentially a hub for creator tools to not just sell the art and stuff they've created, but to do the creation itself. And I'm thinking of, you know, how, uh, Amazon has create space to easily publish a book. Um, and now there's so many things that are coming out where you can generate, uh, an entire video game using artificial intelligence to do all the heavy lifting. And you just have to type the script and the same thing could be done for film someday or whatever it is. You know, do you see Magic Eden going down the route of becoming a creator tool hub as well?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I would, to take a step back, there's, we think about, um, there's a whole ecosystem around Magic Eden of which creators are one of the absolute key pieces of this ecosystem. Um, and you hit the nail on the head by saying, yeah, it, it is super, super important to enable creation of anything because the more experimentation that can happen um on a platform like Magic Eden I think the better it is not just for us but just for the NFT space in general and I'll give you guys some examples of how we think about this by the way like it's funny that you called it creator hub or something but that's actually how we <laughs> describe things internally too we we have that's actually awesome. a product yeah it's called creator it actually is called creator hub where creators can come in they have a, a yeah, there are basically space. They can do a whole bunch of different things. They can create a pre-sale for their NFT collection. They can uh, apply for like listing on our secondary market. They can apply for like a launch our launchpad product, which is a um, a product that yeah, we partner with creators to then bring the best uh, types of content, the best types of creators onto the platform. Um, but over time. It, it's going to be much more than this. Even today, if you look at some of the things that happen on, on other chains, like on Bitcoin, for example, just through the sheer nature of how it works, um, you need to inscribe you know, images, text, data, whatever it is that you're trying to create the NFT out of, you need to inscribe that onto individual satoshis. And then we have a tool that enables creators to do that. Right, so that they, they don't have to do it in a very convoluted way, oh. and that extends even more to inscribe, and then they can <laughs> mint it on the platform, so on and so forth. So it should be a one-stop shop, and you can totally imagine. You know what's really cool about all this being on chain is that there's no reason why a large-scale creator, even if they are really big, uh, why wouldn't they want to come and actually experiment with this stuff because they should be able to see and uh, i think this is something we can also help with uh, on chain you have a good sense of what people are actually doing how much people are spending why are they doing that what kinds of nfts are they into that is really really interesting information that all kinds of creators can eventually tap into so surfacing that enabling that not just the tooling side but the data the analytics i think that'll be an amazing set of infrastructure for creators to tap into and hopefully we, we have this vision that that can all happen on Magic Eden.
0: When you think about like NFTs maybe in their current form and um, for how they're being traded what's kind of like the total addressable market for for the kind of NFTs that we have right now and you know what like what gets big companies excited about getting involved like you said like I think um a comp- like Bugatti for instance they did this do they think that this is like a market they're getting involved in that's going to 10x 100x they're going to make money or are they just trying to engage in the culture and, you know, maybe get more, you know, engagement in sales and revenue that way? Why, why are companies involved in like, what's the total addressable market?
2: Yeah. I mean, total addressable market. Um, I mean, like, yeah, I can finger in the air something. I obviously think it's going to be huge. Um, you, if you take the market for anything that can be collected, that already, I think, is far surpasses anything that's even in crypto today um why why is it that people want to get involved in this there's many reasons to do so I think in the the last like bull market yes I think it was a lot of motivated definitely by how much money that can be made by a mint right I think that absolutely was a big motivating factor we we should not uh, not acknowledge that I think long term why is it interesting for companies or, or whoever creators brands to get involved.
0: Right.
2: It's because there is I almost see NFTs as a at least today as another way that you as a company or a creator can engage with an audience. And ultimately there's many ways you can do that. <clears throat> you can spend whatever ads uh, on Facebook. You can um you know, you can run like billboards. You can start a TikTok, right? Like whatever. There's many, many ways you could do that to engage your own audience, but also expand beyond that. And I think NFTs is very much in that realm of um, options. But what makes it unique is that I think this is absolutely true. NFTs drive so much more loyalty, engagement attention than any one of those traditional channels. And I really believe that. If you look at the communities today, they're all super tribal. They're all extremely, right? They're all really, really plugged in. And there is something special there. There is definitely a special source there.
0: Is it because Um, it's also like this, like you said, like the very act of being engaged with a company comes with a collectible and that collectible has speculative value. And, you know, is that you know, maybe unique to the NFT industry that, that makes it a little bit more tribalistic or, um, you know, sticky or high value engagement?
2: Yeah, I think for some reason, these communities, there is some sense of just being part of something, right? And that's, I, that is what I believe a lot of people do crave that. And mm-hmm. I do sense that that is actually, a, it's much more tangible, much more prevalent when you see that, you see that in NFT communities, by the way, I also see this pretty strongly in like gaming communities. That's why we think those two communities are very, um, there's a lot of overlap potentially, obviously not today, in but what potentially kind of happen. Uh, gaming. Ah, you, you have the same, uh, yes, very similar kinds of behaviors, uh, both from a collectability sense, but also, a uh, yeah, tr- tribal, you know, uh, passion in, within the community. Um, So, yeah, that's that's sort of how we see it. I think we'll see how this plays out. But um, I do think that that is something that is very, very unique to NFTs and something that creators and brands, you know, typically have had, you know, it's like there are many ways they can grow and engage their audience. But I, I really do think it's a very unique way to do it through NFTs.
1: We saw some really big brands try and enter the NFT space with collections this year. Uh and it fizzled out horribly. What do you think went wrong in some of those cases from your observation and what does it take to make a successful community in case there's anyone out there listening that wants to do an NFT drop? What are some of the th- yeah. keys to success?
2: Well, yeah, one of the I think things that and yeah, so we we have this launch pad product that we've worked with probably, I don't know, six hundred, seven hundred creators at this point. So we wow. see the whole the whole spectrum, I guess you could say, um, but one of the I think big things about yeah why some of these flop is you can kind of sniff from a mile away if someone is doing it for the wrong reasons, and I think uh, people are not yeah uh, you know that people recognize and 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 see that pretty quickly. Um, so I think the first thing about being successful is. You don't put too much pressure on the situation like one of the things that we always encourage is to actively grow the community but do it in like a very sustainable way um so that's definitely one i think two especially if you if you come in from the outside you already have a big audience and you you think that that's going to immediately be successful uh i would say spend some time to actually understand and get to know what's happening in the community that's existing because, uh, actually tapping into that is actually, I think that one of the best ways to kind of get started. Right. Um, so we've seen the really successful ones try and leverage some of the existing network ecosystem that already exists. I think that's a really smart way of going about it. Um, and another big trend that we're seeing is that rather than doing, you know, massive expensive collection, start with something smaller start with something lower pressure and then build up once you start to identify what's working and what's not uh that takes some you know acknowledgement that yeah you may not be good at everything may not nail everything at once it takes some self-awareness as well and willingness to change or 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 go a different path but that yeah you'll see the best nft creators that we have seen have being able to lean into that, you know, dynamism, flexibility. I mean, you see that with, yeah, a lot of the top collections today that have stuck around. Not all of them, a lot of these creators may or may not make it, but they're very, very good ones. I think um, that's the reason that they are able to do so.
1: That's really good insight. And one thing I wanted just to add to that is I think a lot of the really successful things are offering users an invitation to an experience as opposed to a sales pitch to a product. And I think if people approach that more from the creation and marketing standpoint, they're gonna have a lot more success in Web3. Well
2: said.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. Um, so there's there's you know a couple different ways that you could, it sounds like from what I understand, use Magic Eden, you could be a content creator um, and kind of make your own projects, but you could also leverage it kind of as like almost a trader. Um, and I don't know if you'd call it trading because um, it might be, not be as similar to like, you know, using your E-Trade account. Maybe it's almost like eBay um, in how people would make money buying and selling stuff off of eBay. Um, but what's the trading experience like? And, you know, are people making money trading on the platform? And, and how does that kind of work?
2: Yeah. I would, so, so, yeah, Magic Eden is made up of two areas at the highest level: one is the primary sale a primary market, which is that Launchpad i was mentioning or like yeah creators can plug in and then and effectively um uh sell sell their uh their content their creations uh on a primary market and then yeah as you said there is a secondary market it's like a where owners of items can list their item for sale and then others can buy uh directly from them peer-to-peer and yeah i would say the the yeah quote-unquote trading experience you'll see it varies a lot by, by different NFT marketplaces. And there are some that take a very, very financialized view of <laughs> all of this. Um, that a Blur. <laughs> and then, yeah, exactly. And then as a result, then you build a certain type of experience. You build like a, a professional trading experience around that. Um, I, I think that that's useful for like a certain segment of users. You know, there's obviously a very professional set of users who, who want that kind of experience. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, you've got to build whoever you think is your North Star customer. And for us, we think that North Star still is those that are collectors, you know, they don't really see this as, um, you know, super trading, trading oriented. They see this as, oh, that, that's really cool that that creator put out. I, I want that thing right and it, it, yeah and may they may or may not sell that you know immediately they may hold it for a while who knows but they're kind of in it because they like it they like the thing um and that's the north star customer for us and i think there, it's true in this market there's not as many of those at the moment because um we've obviously seen like a a bear market across the board. Uh, uh, like especially in crypto. And but I think that is if we are to be successful if this whole space is to be successful we have we collectively here not just magic Eden we collectively have to find a way to reach that audience and reach them onboard them. That's why I think there's if you if you take that long term view that's ultimately I think who we like build the product for and you'll see then on Magic Eden That's how we've oriented things. There's like really nice discovery when you land on Magic Eden. There's, you know, different categories to look at. There's um, a whole bunch of uh, interesting information that one might look at, right? Just so they can get some um, better like idea of what these collections are about. And they don't have to troll through all kinds of discords and Twitters and all these things to kind of get that sense. And so we've oriented the product around that. And we still feel that is the most important um type of user to focus on. So yeah, you'll see this play out across the spectrum. We are more on the spectrum of like, yeah, let's serve the those collectors and, and make sure they get onboarded really easily.
0: Incredible. Um well man, Zed, this is uh it's it's great getting to see behind the behind the scenes of really what's going on. Um, I'd love to just ask, what's next? Um, you know, what, do you guys have a feature that might be rolling out next month, or something we could all keep our eyes out for?
2: Yeah, there's there is one thing that I, I can't I can't fully talk about top it, secret, but <laughs> it is top secret. But um, I don't know when this is going to air. But uh, basically, in about three weeks, there's something really really big that we're going to be announcing, which is. Not a one-time thing. It's 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 the beginning of a long, really exciting roadmap that I think our users are going to love. Nice. Um, I think one thing that I, yeah, I can definitely talk about is that we are expanding the set of, let's call it, um, you know, asset types, so to speak, that that we support. Um, you know, on Solana, we are working on a whole bunch of things around uh, what what's called compressed NFTs, which allows, you know, you, creators to create just orders of magnitude more entities uh, in the collection and do that much more easily and much more cost effectively. Mm-hmm. So we think the experimentation landscape should get really interesting. Um, on the Bitcoin side, we're working on a bunch of things that allow for just creation uh, much more easily. So we're starting to see domain names get really interesting there. Uh, people are you know trying to get the .BTC handles uh, <laughs> you know, similar to kind of what we saw with ENS on yeah. Ethereum. It was super cool. We're starting to see um, these like uh, BRC20s, which is effectively like kind of like fungible tokens, but on on, on Bitcoin, that's becoming very, very interesting. So we're launching a, a bunch of things around the creation side of that, which we, we're pretty excited about. And then um, one other really big thing is that we are coming out with a ho- what's hopefully um, what we think is the best, uh, collection page experience. So today users spend so much time browsing on individual collection pages and there's a, there's so much information density. Uh, yeah, we're coming out with basically what we think is an amazing redesign of that, um, in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, stay tuned. There's much more to come.
1: That's awesome. I'm really excited to check it out.
0: Yeah, can't wait. Um well, yeah, before we let you go, a couple just closing questions. Um we want to know outside of Magic Eden or maybe outside of any affiliate, um what is one company that all of our listeners should check out or maybe one application everybody should go download that you think is uh making some big moves.
2: I would say Okay, can I name can I name two? Oh yeah, please. I would say uh there's a company called Drift. Okay. That um, they're kind of building a whole bunch of yeah financial products, Um, but yeah, super. They've made a ton of progress and really doing really cool things on they're they're on Solana uh, at the moment. Um, Another one that I just started using this one, um, and I think it's really just fun, beautiful experience. It's called Floor F L O O R, and it's like a NFT kind of like portfolio tracker. Oh, wow. And it's like beautiful, really well designed. You know, you can like track a bunch of your own wallets. Just, just cool. I just, something
0: I've started using recently. Writing it down. That sounds awesome. Um, No, I appreciate the shout out. That's why we ask. We always are looking for, uh, you know, what are the brightest minds and the builders in the space? You know, what are they actually using? Uh, What companies and kind of stuff? So, um, where can people kind of find out more? Where can people stay in touch? You guys have a really big Discord community, Telegram, Twitter. What's your guys' spot?
2: Yeah, you can find us on Twitter, at Magic Eden. We also have a, a big Discord. Um, and where else you can find us? We obviously are on Threads. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. You're the first guest who has now said Threads.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. I don't know how many of our actual community is there. We're trying it out. I think Twitter is still the main place. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Magic Eden.io. Check us out. We'll be around.
0: Love it. All right, Zed. Take care, and uh, everybody at home listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in.